my goodness, it's time to start the show one more time. Good evening, good afternoon, everybody. It's Clear the Dance Floor here on Radio Free Brooklyn with me, your host, uh, Colby Smith, and uh, Kevin O'Brien's here oh. today as well. I told you it was a quick intro. That is. That was... <laughs> I'm glad I uh, stayed ready. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this stack of of shit I'm supposed to read here. Well, you only have one hour, right? So yeah, we got to get bre- to it. Brevity is important. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, what, what is it? We've got uh, music trivia at Star Bar on Tuesday, and then a music jam at Our Wicked Lady on Sunday, November 19th. There, boom, announcement's done. I want to go to both of them. <laughs> Kevin's here. I would Are be, you a musician? Uh, I w- so I wouldn't say that because I know real musicians, <laughs> and it feels <laughs> offensive, but... Yeah, I play bass in the Tommy McNamara band. I was going to ask you this because I knew you were involved in that special he just, did, which just is released. so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's up on YouTube now. It uh, came out yeah. this past week. Smolder. Smoldering. Smoldering? Yes. Yes. Smoldering. Um, it's a reference to a joke, but also it it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm contractually obligated to plug it. Okay. Tommy paid me a couple hundred bucks for this special, but he also <laughs> said that anytime I'm doing any press, I have to put it <laughs> for the rest of your life. It is funny though, because like I've never played bass in a band, but now yeah. I'm obsessed with playing bass in a band because oh it's a good fit for me. God. Like I used to be, so I was a guitar player in a punk rock band and yeah. I was like kind of the de facto band leader. Mm-hmm. And that was a nightmare. But it was really fun. It's so funny you say de facto band leader because I feel like that tells me so much about the experience of the band. And I've, yeah. I identify with it so strongly yeah. where it's like, well, somebody's got to give us some direction. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be me. Yeah. I mean, you seem like you have natural leadership skills, <laughs> right? You. This yeah, is yeah. kind of class president. Same. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, I knew I, I knew it. I, I like when we met last year, I was like, this is my kind of guy. <laughs> I felt the same way about you. Were you an RA in college as well? No, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. But uh, wasn't for lack of trying. They, <laughs> they didn't hire you. I, it was like, what I was told was it was a big application year. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like um, when they when they criminal organization gets a guy on the inside. Yeah, that's how I was as an RA. Oh wow. Okay. Because I was like so obviously being class president in high school. Yeah. I was big man on campus yeah. in college as well, and I ran the radio station nice. and uh, wrote for music reviews for the paper and awesome. was just living dream. that college dream. I was just going to say dream college life. Oh, yeah, going yeah. out and hanging with the rugby team and getting loaded, you yeah. know? <laughs> just- my my friend uh, Max and I, who is like the the other person from my high school who went to college went to university of Maryland, we both got involved in the radio station as freshmen. There you go. And I remember the like... There was a, like a light going off and both of us when the, the guy who was training us was like, and yeah, you know, you just like reach out to venues and say you're with the station. And a lot of times they'll let you in for free. free they'll let show, you interview the band. Show. And we were both like, oh, wow. And then like, like yeah, true. I mean, my, my friend was like plugged into the metal scene, which was like way more. He ended up doing way, way more of that stuff than I did. Yeah, that's but, uh, that's what I was doing. Like, yeah. And 30 hours a week, essentially. And I was the uh, I called the men's and women's basketball games and women's volleyball. Oh, yeah. So I was busy as hell and still going out like crazy. Yeah. And then uh, but then I didn't have any money. Yeah. And my folks like (laughs) my folks barely were able to get I took on so much student loan debt, too. But they were just like barely able to like get me there for that freshman year. Right. And then they're like, all right, man, you're on your own. I was like, what's what's the move? What's the hustle here? Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, and then I was like, I don't know, these uh, residence life people seem to like me. So I went hard in the paint on the interview yeah. process. And they were like, all right, he seems to like connect well with people. And then after two years, I had one write up 
and Ooh. they like sat me down and they were like, it is statistically impossible for you to not have any write-ups. And I go, wait, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you mad at me? Cause I'm doing too good of a job. Right. Yeah. They like Man, me it, too much. And then they were like, all right, get out of here, dude. Like, cause it was like, and I think colleges are like this in general. Maybe I watch too much college football, but there's this yeah. whole thing of like, Hey, we know what's up and we're going to give you the opportunity to cop to it. And oh. then it's like, like I'm not going to like I know it's not the legal system yeah but it's like you have to have a better move than that to get to shake me down totally. to like get me to totally like, that's like Sunday school yes shit it's that's like, what it yeah it's that's like, what it is I'm it's gonna like, give the person who did this the chance to come clean yeah it's no like, one ever does that so then I was like if you have evidence if you want to fire me then do so but yes. I don't know what's going on right now and they're like all right get the hell out of here and then I quit like a week before finals, yeah. like halfway through the second year, and because I got a room for two hundred and fifty bucks I off mean, campus, unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I sound so old right now, and I'm like, <laughs> I got a room for two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, it was yeah. uninsulated. My, at, yeah, yeah, uninsulated. It was My neighbor Lou Reed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Julian Schnabel, we were yeah. hanging out. Basquiat came by. It was, oh, what a time. Yeah. No, it was just me and a bunch of like, my, white my... kids getting drunk on cheap, quote unquote, whiskey. <laughs> right. Yeah. God, you remember uh, Tito's Vodka? Was Tito's Vodka big? Tito's is fancy, dude. Where I no, grew up. I, I don't know what it was, but it was like everywhere. At Are you America. thinking of Taka? No, no, it was Tito's? Tito's for sure. It was like all the flavored ones. It was like you guys are so fancy. <laughs> yeah, if we're, we're really privileged, all right, uh, let's let's rate school. Let's Maryland, rank uh... some terrible liquors from our youth. <laughs> let's take a all right. Taka vodka, well, the worst of all time. I mean, yeah, that is bad. I feel like the, if we're talking about Pop Maryland off. here, we've got we've got Natty Light, Natty Light, like Natty Bow. Uh, yeah, Natty Bow was huge uh, for us as well. Yeah, yeah. I. I mean, I'm also showing my age again, but I went to college in Colorado. So key like Keystone's mm -hmm. really big, but I didn't like Keystone. And yeah. I was like, you know, what's cool. Old man beers. And right as I was getting into PBR was the like hipster PBR boom. And so people are like, man, Kev, you brought PBR to Regis University. <laughs> man, Kev, you were the first guy with a lip ring in college, man. I'm like, now it's like, it seems like it's. Like I sound like a child. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. I was in such like because there was like less than two thousand people at my university too, so it was like okay, a gotcha. little insulated. That's great in a way. So then you know if you did anything like somewhat unique, yeah, they were like, whoa, what's up with this guy? <laughs> That's like so I had like four years in this like fantasy land where everybody's like, oh my God. wow, this guy's crazy. Oh, you're the man, and yeah, then people yeah. would like try and beat me up at my own birthday party. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> It was a lot of that stuff. It's Kevin's birthday. We got to kick his ass. Oh, I don't. Who does he think he is? Well, they said that uh, for sure. It was so like, who do you funny. think you are? Is it because you were popular? Because they were jealous? Like, they got to they gotta come for the king? <laughs> you know, when you put it that way, I think that's what it was. Yeah. No, no yeah, it, yeah. well, yes and no. So, like, here's the short story. Uh, 19th birthday party, me and my roommate throw one of these, like, John Hughes-style like, yeah. keggers. And one of, you know, there's in some of these older cities, they'll have these houses that are from like a mm -hmm. hundred something years ago with like eight bedrooms and like 12 bathrooms somehow. And it's amazing. They're like former sanitariums, you yeah. know? And uh, <laughs> so we had a big rager over there and me and my roommate compile whatever like coins we have to get a keg. Yeah. And then I hear like, and then I'm obviously really drunk later on and I hear like all the cops are coming or cops are outside. 
So I go full Beto O'Rourke and like stand <laughs> up on top of the kitchen counter. I'm like, yo, everybody shut up. Shut up. Yeah. I'm going to make it another the concert outside. And right then I like look over and these like total dumb A's. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know if this is FCC compliant, but uh, no, you could you could say whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> keep it family friendly on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, sure. And they're like, F you, man. And I go, me, me. And I hop down. And I go, you know who bought that keg beer that you're drinking right now? This is my birthday. And they were like putting their fingers in my face. And then I don't know what came under me or over me, but I put uh -oh. my hand underneath the guy's red solo cup, smack it up in the air. Oh my God. Before it hits the ground, I hit the ground. And like four guys are like trying to stomp me out. Oh my God. Thank God the rugby team, my goons were there, yes. came over and like pulled them off. I get up, I'm like bleeding and everything. And then people are like, Kevin got stabbed. Kevin got stabbed. <laughs> and then I like, try and get them thrown out and then all of a sudden it's this like whole kerfuffle i end up Damn. going back to this girl's dorm room staying up all night yeah and then i go and meet my aunt for mass at oh 9 a.m on God. a sunday on campus yeah and during the homily i'm like oh boy i really had one on last night <laughs> like i'm clearly like still drunk and then i go to stand up and as soon as i do i faint i hit the deck wow and I like come to as like they're like, and I will raise you up on eagle. And people are like, elevate his legs, elevate his legs. <laughs> and I'm like, did I die? And like yeah, go you're hearing this like choral swell yeah. as you pass. Out. Yeah. And then um <laughs> they like rush me out. Mass is still going on. Yeah. That they bring like the Eucharist out to me. So oh I take God. like the bread and the body of Christ. I'm like, I need some hair of the dog. Give me that wine, dude. <laughs> They call the ambulance and they're like taking my vital signs and all of this. And they're yeah. asking me all these questions. Meanwhile, my aunt's like hysterical on the phone with my mom. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, did you drink or do any drugs last night? I was like, I drank. And they're like, oh my God, Kevin drinks out. And they're like, did you have a lot or a little? And I go, well, how much is in a coffee pot? And they're like, we're going to say a lot. And then uh, and uh, they're like, we recommend you go get checked out. And oh I was like, can I refuse? And they're like, that's your right. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. And uh -huh. so they leave. And then right as they leave, mass is over. And so there's like procession of people. And they're like, not yeah. making eye contact with me. Because I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> And then uh, the priest comes up. He's like, is anything hurt? And I go, just my pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's Did like. Did he laugh? Even better, he goes, well, you know, they say pride always happens before the fall. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, this guy got roasted <laughs> by the priest. <laughs> and then me and my aunt went to IHOP. Oh, but also, I was wearing like a Pixies t-shirt that yeah. said death to the Pixies on it. Uh -huh. It had like kind of a nude looking Frank Black. I was like, now, like looking back almost 20 years later, I'm like, whoa, man, that was a. <laughs> It was a wild boy out there. <laughs> and it was at altitude. I didn't know what that meant at the time. But yeah. I was like, Denver, you know, now I'm old enough. That'll mess me up for Absolutely. like a couple days. Oh, my God. But back then, you know, I was like drinking like a pony keg in one night, getting into a fight, staying up all night, and then still going to church in the morning. Yeah, like, totally. Ridiculous. Totally. I, I remember proudly announcing to someone when I was like 23 or 24 or something, like, I don't get hungover. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I just think like saying it, but it's like, that means you were, true. you were just drunk like, all yeah, the time. Exactly. I was then, still drunk when I got up. And then you would get <laughs> sick and then you'd be like, oh, I must have eaten something. <laughs> <laughs> that, I can't think of it. I, the I think, most like the most uh, uh, just like wrong headed approach. <laughs> well, I hear that. So like, that's the thing that you hear. But I usually hear from older guys, oh, you really? know, that like heavy drinking older guys are like, yeah, I just don't get hung over. And it's yeah. like 
because they're drinking like high-end tequila and then they're just like making sure they're drinking a ton of water while they're doing it. But they're also completely slosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that slosh? Is that the yeah. word? Slosh? Slosh? Sloshed. I think you, you have to sound drunk when you say it. I think that's kind of the point of the word. Slosh. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to be sloshed. <laughs> <laughs> We were we were at the, we were at the, uh, my my girlfriend's hometown uh, at this like at this restaurant a couple months ago, and we were just like sitting by this open window. It was like spring. It was like so nice. It was across the street from like like the bar in town, and we're sitting next to this open window, and we hear this guy say out the window. He just goes, "I am so shit faced," and he we turn around. It's like two guys her dad works with. <laughs> <laughs> They like report to him. <laughs> uh, really, really great moment. Was he wobbly or is he just oh, yeah. he looks like normal? He just had to let everybody know. No, no, he he was gone. He was gone for sure. <laughs> and I heard later that they the uh they had like walked around that the two guys like walked around town for two hours trying to sober up before they like it gave up and had one of their wives come pick them up. That's also that's an old school move as it well. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the other one. I I mean, I never did this, but I knew people that'd be like, "Nah, I just sleep in the back of the truck tonight." Yeah, and they would have like a sleeping bag, and that was it. Like, you know, I'm not talking like a yoga pad, and it was right, like right. the flatbed trucks where there's like oh. grooves too. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Not, they call it a flatbed, but it's not flat. It's not flat at all. <laughs> like the grooves in it, and this for hauling gear. And then they were just like, Bleh. or I'd also know guys that would like get so drunk. And then they would essentially like run a 5k yeah. at like 3am yeah, yeah, yeah. to go home and like, ah, oh, just get the car in the morning. And then they would have to work in the morning and then they would just run back to the car. Like, yeah, yeah. like I hadn't, I mean, I was a little wild and had a, you know, a lot of grit, but yeah. I was never like that. That was next level. Truly, <laughs> that is the level where I'm just like, respect. You gotta respect I, the game. You know, that's I guess that's true. I was like, I you gotta respect it because they've made it they're able to do it so regular right. so well that nobody gets in their way and they're like, you know, they're not driving drunk. Yeah. And if they've had this process, there's no way you're ever gonna penetrate like, well, what if you just like had cut it with a non alcoholic beer every other hour every or something? Yeah. Like, they're like <laughs> What? Why would I drink a non-alcoholic? I'm like, all right, never mind. Just, yeah. <laughs> they're like, but it doesn't have any booze in it. <laughs> like, like, I was another thing at college. I remember one time, this is, gives you an idea of what we were working with. Me and my roommates, we worked into the budget for like the rent that each week someone was responsible to get a 30 pack. Yeah. 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 Cheap. So it was like, you never know. Maybe it's Bush Light. Maybe it was Highlight. But it was always like each, there's four of us. So each right. week is somebody's responsibility. And one time, I go to replace it, and there's an open half can of High Life. Oh, my God. And I go to throw it out. My friend's like, hey, what are you doing? And yeah. I go, somebody left this empty can in here. He's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I put that in there. It's like, what? It was like, but yeah, last night with the whole thing, I was like, this is gross. He goes, well, it still has alcohol in it. <laughs> I was like, how much alcohol does half a can of Miller High Life? <laughs> like, pinching pennies to get this terrible beer yeah. and then can't pour out six ounces yeah, of it after got sitting out and for a day yeah. like oh god forbid 
you don't catch a buzz. <laughs> oh my god! This thing's turning into bread now, man. There's no seriously. <laughs> like seriously. how much alcohol is like left beer? It's like, is somebody pee in this can and now you're drinking it? Well, that's where I thought the story was going. Yeah, I was right. Like, like, it's like, that's not beer, man. Oh, speaking of which, I have photographic evidence. I saw Miller High Life open and half left on the way here today. Oh, my God. And a sign. Yeah, well, I was what? like, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I was like, is it pee? There it is. Is it not? And I was like, only one way to find out. <laughs> that's how you know glug, you have glug, a glug, glug, yeah, glug. You have a real problem if you're drinking open street beers because you're like, <laughs> well, it's still got alcohol. And I was like, uh, yeah, maybe from the guy yeah. who previously drank it and then peed it. Yeah, this. right, right, yeah. This is the only way to get alcohol. <laughs> Sur <laughs> yeah, survivor stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should mention to people that our number to call in is 718-673-8201. That's 718-673-8201. And I want to hear the story about Tom Sharpling yelling at you on the air. Oh, jeez. Whoa. <laughs> we were talking right before the show. Uh, what is this, Nardwar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I on, Hot Ones I right do, now? I do extensive research before <laughs> every show. I'm here at 10 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. My ex-girlfriend just walked in. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. This is your regrettable life, is what you call this show. This is a good idea for the show. Well, yeah, we're both big radio heads, obviously. It's true, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. we're older men. I would say I would say Tom Sharpling, that, that, like, that, especially the WFMU iteration of yeah. the best show, was just like a, was like a revolutionary thing for me. Yeah. Just like it opened up so many. Well, you know, what's crazy things. is that like when I was doing radio when I was younger, I was kind of ripping that off and had mm. no idea. Because I didn't get oh, into yeah. the best show until after I was out of school. Yeah. And then as soon as I heard it, I was like, what? Yeah. Like how? Because everybody would be like, oh, you must love the best show. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then I checked it out. I was like, there's there was some like cosmic thing where it's like, yeah. oh, there's a guy who's doing what I was trying to do. But he's like a genius yeah, at he's it. Like rarely. Yeah. Because I would have like characters on and stuff and take totally. callers and like have musicians in and do all that kind of stuff. And then I became obsessed with it um, for a number of years, especially a WFMU iteration. And then um, I ran a podcast in Denver for a number of years, pop culture podcast. We won some local awards. No big deal. Um, nice. But then Sharpling came on the show. Um, this is right when he was starting the Best Show podcast. Yes. And he was a phenomenal guest. He yeah. was like so gracious. And my co-host was like kind of a regular caller. And I would call in like once in a while or email him like stuff like yeah. for fodder for the show. And then I moved to New York, was here like a month. Yeah. And my good friend Claire O'Kane was in studio and I had already known Pat Byrne a little bit, one of the producers. Mm -hmm. And Super I already nice knew guy. Jason Gore yeah. a little bit because they had also been on my podcast. And Jason, like, I know the best of, of yeah. the producers. Well, and they're too, like, yeah. and they're more like live comedy people too. Yeah. So yeah. like we hit it off and I had a lot of friends in common. So I was so stoked. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the best show. And Absolutely. so I thought I was just going to hang out in the green room, shoot, shoot the S with yeah. them. And this was like, this was when it was like an independent show and he was doing it from like an apartment yeah. in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, yeah in yeah. Jersey city. And they had just started that. So right, this is right. like, but also if you're a fan of the show, this is really when like the seams start coming apart yeah. on like him as a human being or the show. And I had no idea. I was just like geeked oh, up. Yeah. And then as soon as he brings Claire in, he's like, you can bring your friend in too. And yeah. I'm like, Oh boy, here, here we, we go, go. <laughs> in the studio. So I'm just hanging back and trying to be, you know, a good sidekick, sidekick or whatever. Right. And it's going pretty well. And then like we're taking callers. And one of the callers was like, 
Oh, I've actually met both you and uh, both you and Kevin in San Francisco before. I've seen you oh, at yeah. live shows. I'm like, oh, cool. But I'm like, we don't remember him. Yeah. And then so like Claire makes a joke and like I piggyback on it and I was like, yeah, Ryan, like that. And Thomas thought I was serious. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I don't even know who you are. All right. <laughs> this is your friend. I'm about ready to throw you out of here. Oh and I like God. give him a look. And I've been yelled at by men a lot in my life. Sure. Also sure. on air. Like oh, when, really? I, when okay. I was in college, I was calling a basketball game. Yeah. And I made some reference to Harlem Globetrotters like during a play. Uh -huh. And the head coach of our home team yelled at me during the game oh while I was God. on air in front of the entire arena. Oh, my God. And so I just go into that mode where I make the eye contact like, uh, hello. Like, yeah. I don't say anything. I'm like, and then he like snapped because he wanted to hang up on me. Like he was giving me a get off my phone, you know, one yeah. of those. But I'm in the room with him, and I give him the look, like, hey, hands up, bro. And then he, like, snaps out of it, like, you know, abused dog who bit his owner. <laughs> and then he was just, like, cool down. Then he kind of apologized. And I go, that's all right, man. And then the caller's still on the line. <laughs> and, like, and it was, like, kind of awkward. But he that's didn't. weird. It was weird. That's a weird moment. Uh, yeah. And then, well, what's weirder is like, Duh. like, if you're, why are you threatened by me, man? Yeah. Like, you're one of my heroes. Oh, yeah. And then, but you think I'm like some cocky hotshot stand-up guy? <laughs> like, I'm the tag-along dude. Yeah, I know. I'm not the lowest rung. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to come for the king. Like, yeah. But to his credit, he didn't throw me out of the room. And then I ended up doing a sketch with Gary the Squirrel, which oh, was nice. a huge personal moment. Oh, and yeah. then uh, we hung out afterwards and we talked about LCD sound system in the fall. And That's awesome talking heads and then he took me and claire to go do karaoke in manhattan just the three <laughs> of us the show yeah that's so cool just the three of us in I, the knew, private... I heard he was a, a night owl big time uh, yeah i mean i am too yeah. um but we're different kinds of night owls i realize like yeah. he's kind of he seemed like he was more of like a solitary oh i see night owl we're on okay. more of like the vivacious night owl right, right. so that's what was also strange because it's the three of us in this karaoke room and so i'm like doing a shot here, drinking some beers, having uh -huh. fun. And he's just like trying to talk to us and <laughs> sing Blink-182. And yeah. And then I was like, wait, is this the karaoke room where you would come and take a nap? And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all that's right. Legendary. Right. That, yeah. So that's the other thing too, is like, I'm clearly like a super fan. I'm not right. Like, right. I, I don't know if you've ever listened. Now we're just talking about ra other radio shows hey, on the radio. Fine. That's fine. But there is this a, is a postmodern era. Yeah, baby. man. We're a Bushwick, dude. <laughs> there's nothing earnest around here. That's right. But there is a, I don't know how famous it is, but there's an episode years ago, right around that time when Jonah Ray was on the best show. Uh-huh. And it, it was like a train wreck because Jonah was like so nervous. Yeah. And just like they couldn't get on the same page. Is this so, the one like, where he... The the, the thing, my Jonah Hill or Jonah Hill Jonah, <laughs> Jonah Ray best show memory is uh is like he like took a beer of shark yeah that's what it was yes, yeah that's yes, that yes. and so yeah. then like and then so they like had some weird backstory history yeah but then and then it, it yeah that's like one of those cringe as the kids would say yeah so cringe uh, <laughs> such a cringe interview. So it was like similar kind of dynamic around that time where I was like, yeah. I'm not Jonah Ray, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool. There, there I'm was hip. A... I'm with it. I like Mike Kroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it does seem like with him, you just got to mention Kurt Vile, and he's like, oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he loves Kurt Vile. Yeah. Well, that was the uh, thing, too. It was funny because, like, like I said, once we were off air, yeah. and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be interviewing James Murphy in a couple weeks. And I was like, Duh! Yeah, see, I remember that episode. But then he was, like, making fun of James Murphy off mic to us and was like, oh, yeah, you know, the talking heads. And I was like, oh, I thought they were more like The Fall. And he's like, yeah, right, The Fall. And then we start, like, listening off every band that they've been they influenced rip by yeah, yeah. rip off yeah. <laughs> yeah so but yeah it was i mean i have a, a long history with the medium of radio oh yeah absolutely brought well that since we're talking about that episode of the the, the, the james murphy best show yeah the best part of that to me was them talking about johnny brenda's no oh, right because james murphy was the sound guy at johnny brenda's yeah. in uh in philadelphia for the listeners who are catching up on well the, you're an east Tonka. coast guy so oh, you yeah, probably yeah. have a closer relationship with a lot of this where i just kind of like know it in lore yeah i know? mean pretty much same i mean like you know my my hometown is like geographically close to baltimore it's probably like a two and a half hour uh mm -hmm. drive away but i mean it, it's worlds apart you yeah. know it's like people are very afraid of the city there. yeah we're uh, just a couple of hicks <laughs> exactly yeah Couple, couple of local boys <laughs> trying to make good in the big city. That's right. <laughs> well, I showed up with my stick and bindle. <laughs> it was yes. you remember uh, Joe's really... apartment where he gets off the Greyhound and he gets mugged yeah. three times yeah. immediately. That's kind of like, and his and his roommates and friends are cockroaches. Yeah. That was yeah, kind of yeah. like my first year. <laughs> totally, I do. I do have a vivid memory of like of like being like uh, like catching a ride with someone like back to New York from from being home for for a holiday or mm -hmm. whatever, and like coming around the turn in like I-95 where you see like when you're in New Jersey and you kind yeah. of see the skyline yeah. for the first but and just feeling like I'm so stupid. I'm just a small little man. Oh really? Like, yeah. I yeah, have yeah. the different I have a different experience. Yeah. So like um like the last time I visited before I moved here yeah. and this is how green I was. I didn't take the path train from Newark. Also I flew into Newark so that gives you an idea how green yeah. I was. <laughs> And I didn't take the path train for whatever reason. I thought I had to take like this bus. Uh -huh. So I was on this long bus, but I was listening to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And Hungry Heart came on right as I see the skyline, well, like over by Jersey City. And I was incredible. like, yeah. And it was yeah. like, you know, the, the Emerald City and Oz kind yeah. of thing. And so each time when I'm like driving back and I mean, you're still like two hours in traffic away, yeah. but it <laughs> seems like right there in the near distance, like oh, yes. that. The, I mean, it, this is a hard place to live and exist, yeah, but sure. that's one of my favorite moments of living in New York is coming back to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like it feels great to get away for a bit, but then if it's a little too long, you know, and I've, I don't love being in Omaha and doing shows totally. and seeing my family, but it's kind of a honeypot and it's temporary. Yeah. So then once I come back and you see the lights, you see the skyline, you're like, Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I will let's say, get back into the action, baby. <laughs> I've had better experiences coming back since that. That was time. the first yeah, one yeah. though. No, no, that was like, oh, I want to say it was like my second or third year. You know, it was yeah. like early on where it was like So you're still the, eating it. The, exactly. <laughs> the, the bloom had come off the rose a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh like, boy. Who I'm... am I? Do I belong here at all? You know, like that kind I of thing. I am too old to be walking dogs. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah, I know yes. that. I know that feeling too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, New York is a roller coaster of emotions. It I is. guess is what it we're is. trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> we're 
Were you ever a dog walker? I was never a dog walker. I was like a babysitter, you know, after school. Uh, I was very much in like the child care world for a long time. You know, time. I can see yeah. that now you say it. You have big yeah, art yeah. teacher energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been told that before? <laughs> no, but I uh, welcome it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> it's like within my, it's 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 not hard for me to make the leap, but it's yeah. like, man, Kevin said I had art teacher energy. Yeah. Like, you're, just, <laughs> you're just going like, hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, exactly. You want to try we, this we out? Right today? Yeah, yeah, you want to try this one? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let's go get a snack. There's a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that. <laughs> you should be doing that for adult comedians. Because <laughs> I know like like low-key famous or just like rich people now that are like 14 years old mentally. Yeah, 100%. That they could probably use a little like positive rearing instead of oh, all the other dudes on the mic with them on their podcast. Like, you're the man. Stop roast or whatever. Like. No, Stavros is cool, not him. He is cool, but I do. I, uh, I named I the am, person who I wasn't thinking right, of. Right. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'm really struggling not to name names right now. I we'll, know. We'll talk after. We'll talk yeah. after about uh, about the. What if this is? Man. What if this is how we start our podcast empire? It's just like, oh, they seem like nice guys, and then we had just said, "Well, you got it." Hey, that's unfortunately the name of the game. <laughs> it's like hip hop in the '90s. You got to take shots at people to get any attention, yeah, and then you that's just true. waste your life beefing with people over nothing. Yeah. All right, right now we're starting a beef. That's with right, uh, Chris Gethard. Ooh, whoa! I'm taking him coming down. for the king I'm right away. What? You're crazy. <laughs> You're going for Nas right out the gate. We're <laughs> crazy. You're going, That's right, man. You're going for the Nas of comedy right no, uh, away. No, you got to uh, start small, you yeah, know. Like right, you got to right. go for the Jaw Rule of comedy yeah, first. Man, like who's the Jaw Rule of comedy in New York right now. Ooh, I gotta, um, no, I gotta go bigger somehow. I'm maybe me. I'm maybe I'm the Jaw Rule. No, <laughs> you I'm not. A beef yeah, no, I'm not enough of a fraud <laughs> to be the Jaw Rule of New York. Starting a beef. I'm trying to think of like Brendan Sagalo is he the Jaw Rule? Yeah, yeah, maybe New York comedy. I'm trying to think of like Union Hall. Like oh, you want are, a little more alty, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the first thing I thought of. You yeah. know, we could refine. We don't have to go to Union Hall. Mm. I would. Uh, who runs that vulture show at Union Hall? Oh, oh yeah. Whoever that Jay is. Jordan. Jay Jordan. Yeah, Jay. Oh, well, he's yeah. too nice. He's All a nice right. guy. This is why we're not this cut out. Hard. This is hard. This is why we're not cut <laughs> out. <laughs> we're not cut out for it. Man. We're not. We're not. We're, you, we're, I mean, I'm not. I don't have art teacher energy you, like yourself, yeah. but I am a bit of a softie. You know uh, uh, Blair Dawson, right? Yeah. Uh, I've known her. Comedian. She's one of the first people I met when I moved out here. Yeah, yeah. She's been around forever. She's so great. She tweeted once years ago. It was, and I don't think it was a joke. I think it was very earnest. Where she was like, "I'm too mean for improv and too nice for stand up." And yeah, I was like, that's me. Wow, I've like I've never identified more with a uh, hey. <laughs> Dawes dropping some truth bombs. <laughs> Young Jennifer Beals telling us what's up. Seriously. Yeah, I feel the same way, and I think it's just bipolar disorder. You know, I mean, yeah, it could be. I mean, I'm projecting because I'm on Lexapro, but <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's just undiagnosed for me. Maybe it's just there. Well. I mean, I think that, uh, and you have more of an improv background than I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've never taken a class on what you call an improdigy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm also not great at it. <laughs> but but the thing is, a lot of people that took those classes, they were not great at it Yeah, either. that's true. But when I was, my wife is a uh, trained former paid improviser. Whoa. Um, and she's really good at it because she knows all the tricks of yeah. the trade. Yeah, yeah. Not to diminish it or the <laughs> skill set, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and, uh, it was like when I was because I'm I started comedy in 2008, yeah. and so at that time it was big time schism between like improv and stand up, totally. And yeah. also like it was the cornball stuff is very 
real oh, yeah. with improv. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, in New York, maybe not as much. No. We're definitely still... not. In, well, I don't know. Just everything now with improv seems like people are being more um, acting school about it or yeah. whatever, or a little bit more cool kid about it, where when I was younger, it was like short form, you know, yeah. all the cliches for his like comedy sports stuff and how it's, you know, for retirees, you need to get out of the house sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. And I'm not above cults, you know, I yeah. was in the Catholic church, like I, I've taken mushrooms. I like, I'm going to LCD sound system again this year, but yeah. the, you know, the, the dynamics at play didn't really fit my kind of 100%, you know, yeah. edgy rock and roll lone wolf kind of thing when Man, I was younger. So I, know. I, I mean, like I, I like started, I like started taking classes at UCB when I like moved here pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that there as much as that I, I got a lot out of that experience and have nice memories and all this stuff. But I do think there is a thing about a school where it's like it attracts the kind of like straight A student mentality. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, just, but all those people write on SNL and stuff now. So it's like well, that yeah. it makes sense because they're treating it like grad school yeah. where I was treating comedy and stand up just like the way I would want to like be in a band or something. Totally. You know, that I'm just like forging on this like path or in this direction. And then I attracted to like-minded people with right. similar sensibilities or different sensibilities, but similar ambitions, sharing the same space, you know? And also I watched way too many rock docs as a kid and yeah, yeah. read a bunch of like <laughs> books on like music scenes and social movements and everything like yeah, that, yeah. that I always was drawn to like a more organic totally um meeting of minds you versus do, uh, like the closed circle kind of like i paid for this and now i am one of I these know. things you know where i know i'm not, i've never been that way really anyways even when i was like in college and stuff where i was actually paying for it yeah i still had the same kind of mentality yeah. where it's like i'm gonna do my thing i'm gonna run the radio station i'm gonna like go after this i'm going to interview these musicians i'm going to be this party boy on campus you know i was in totally. student government in cam on campus i was director of communication as well so oh, cool. like nice in student government all that where that's why the ra thing didn't work for me because it was like it was the cornball improviser kind of yeah. people and <laughs> i was the guy who's like eh, whatever absolutely i got i got uh i got some joints to go smoke and some people to talk <laughs> at <laughs> like, Somebody, I remember like, you know, being a, a young improv student and uh, uh, doing my first audition for the the house teams there and, you know, nerve wracking, not, not getting it, you know, like not like not feeling good about the, yeah. the thing at all. And someone referred to. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say this on the air. Somebody You've referred already named to, names. That's, <laughs> true. You that's true. Holding back. Somebody referred to UCB to me as community theater. Whoa, and that's it, offensive. Though. And it just it. I was like, oh right, like this is a huge deal to me and me only. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I get, it's a uh, it, it it. But it, I know it's like not strictly true. Yeah. But it it was it was what I needed to hear in that moment oh, of sure. like of okay. like uh of like don't worry about it. That's you know? good. It's like one of many things. You you, know? Yeah. You took that in the positive way because right. that seems like a shot. Yeah. Like I mean, a shot, I, shot. Because I, mean, I definitely I've and I've been that guy. Like I've said that recently over the past couple of years when. I go back to Denver and I was at, I was a regular at like, comedy works there for a yeah, number yeah. of years. And I have a lot of friends that still are, but around uh, specific holidays, mm -hmm. they do these roast shows where everybody dresses up in character and like, they all love it. Yeah. And, but I'm from the outside looking in, 
And I was like, well, I don't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you should be zooming out a little bit more on like your comedy career pursuits. And I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, just be careful with that stuff. Cause it all reads kind of community theater. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess I see what you're saying, but I was like trying to be nice about it. So now I understand that like, it's a weird thing because it sounds like a shot, but it can like it, it can really help too. But it penetrate. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Like even if it is a bit of a shot, it, it's so specific that it can penetrate for and sure. pop that bubble a little bit. And I mean, I have no idea what the person's agenda was in calling it that at yeah. the time. You know, like they might have meant it as a as a shot. Yeah. You know, too. But I also think it's like when people start. You know, because like you were saying, there's always like a, a stand up improv rivalry or like mm -hmm. whatever certain styles of stand up. Like the, then within stand up, there's like the alt versus. Oh, the when I thing. when I started but, out, that was a big thing, too. Yeah, They're like, yeah, cool yeah. comics, real comics. I was like, I like working at comedy clubs because yeah, yeah. these audiences rule. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but you're not like a club comic. I was like, well, I'm past at these clubs. I work. These, I don't know what you're trying What's to the say. Big deal. And yeah. then now nobody thinks twice about. No, well, the no, only no. people that do are at like Brooklyn Comedy Collective. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> like, but by and large, like. That whole thing, I don't even think exists the way that it used no, to. No, no. Well, I think I think it's a couple things. I think one, it's like I think post pandemic, people are just oh. happy to have anywhere to go. Yeah, you're you know? right. That's a big part. And uh, also Instagram reels and yeah, like yeah. podcast boom and all this other stuff that like people don't really. I don't think people on the outside really ever cared at all. No, but no. people on the inside definitely don't care really anymore yeah. either. Obviously, there still is kind of a schism between like you know the podcast brats that you know, are at the cellar every night and all doing each other's pods and all that kind of stuff right. versus whatever's right. going on out here in this neighborhood. But yeah. by and large, you know, it's just a giant mishmash now. Totally, totally. And, and it's also like with the audience, it's just like, who do you think is at your bar show? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's not like you're curating well, this hey, list hey, of hey, like... Hey, man, like, I have regulars at my Monday bar well, show. But, but I'm saying Fun time like, at fine time every Monday at 9 p.m. <laughs> but I'm saying it's like, it's just people who see, oh, there's a comedy show. No, like, yeah. Let's check it out. You know, it's like, it's not like they, the audience is thinking... No, you're right. Yeah. This better be an alt show because I'm not really a yeah. club... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're just, it's all the same thing to the audience. Like, yeah. I don't know why we take it so seriously. Well, the, not you and I, but well, like yeah. the, the people on either side of this. Into your point. Yeah, into your point my monday show our mantra slash uh tagline is no rules just vibes yeah 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 and then uh i made fun of myself the other week because i was kind of eating it but i don't care i'm just like warming people up at this yeah. bar show and then uh afterwards i was joking around with some friends and i was like because uh, they were like i can't believe you said on stage imagine if i somebody said they killed at this show <laughs> And it got a huge laugh, but they're like, I can't believe you said that about your own show. I was like, it's the truth. Like, existentially, like, that's not... If somebody's like, oh, I killed fine time, they're like, you did it wrong. Yeah. It's like a workout room. Like... <laughs> Like it's a show, it's a showcase for people that don't want to do open mics. Right, right. Because they kind of graduated past it, but like yeah. still have to like get some reps in. Yeah, yeah. And they want to go hang out with a couple buddies. God, you know? it is so refreshing to hear you say graduated past open mics because I feel like there is a very, I've known comedians who don't feel like they ever get to that point. Micers, like micers they, for life. Huh? They, yeah, they like they don't take shots that they maybe should take because they're mm -hmm. like, well, I've got to go to the mics tonight. You know that. Uh, well, so that I mean, yeah, you do that to a point. Yeah. You know, like volume. And I, I mean, I'm pretty old school. I'm pretty like fundamentals oh, yeah. with like the 
with the way I pursued like stand up and everything. Absolutely. That the volume matters at first, big time. Like you have to. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I the the computer channel is off. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But I, I <laughs> but I think that's the methodology is right and true. Like when I started yeah. out, I was trying to get up six nights a week and do at least one, if not three. At the beginning, it is so helpful because you need the reps. to do a lot. In a short amount of time. You well, know? It, I mean, it's like anything. Like, you get to a point that once you, I don't want to say master, but once you learn how to do a thing a specific way, then you change your process. Totally. And it's yeah. all, you know, cliche, but like work smarter, not harder sort of thing. But also, I mean, going back to what you're talking about with the improv stuff, like people want community, you know, yeah. and especially when you're doing a comedy, it's a lot of weird people. <laughs> it's true. You know, yeah. just because you and I were senior class presidents, my <laughs> wife was prom queen, doesn't mean everybody else is so well socialized. It's true. And obviously I'm not that well socialized if I'm doing this with my life, you know? So like there's, I understand what the appeal, but the thing that can happen, and I saw this in Denver where people yeah. put the cart in front of the horse where it's all about the friends. Yes. And not their pursuit, which initially was supposed to be about the pursuit. Right. And and also a lot of time, you know, people have low self-esteem. That's kind of why they're in comedy. And so if they feel some comfort at this certain open mics each week, mm -hmm. then I it's easy to kind of fall into that trap, too. Of just totally. like, oh, this is what I do. This is my people. This is my that. routine. But yeah. the thing that I find a little a little strange about that is like you find your crew or, you know, your class or your peer set. And then they start getting some stuff and then, or you start getting yeah. some stuff and then you, you know, kind of hold each other accountable. And I always try to keep pace with that. And then totally. like trying to get on the show that they were on or ask for recommendation and all that. So, you know, you can hold that community as you just continue to like matriculate yeah. versus just the, I think the people that just keep going to the mics, it's no different than being a bar regular. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like that kind of thing where it's like, well, this is where I go because this is, where I feel comfortable and this is what I always totally you know and it's tough too with like because uh, like the Brooklyn scene is so uh, uh, spread out you know just oh, by yeah. virtue of like where places are and it's a big borough and the trains don't connect yeah. you know they all get to Manhattan so I mean it's like I remember like being you know when I was like doing a lot of stand-up is like I would try and because like I lived off the L at the time I was like I would try and like make sure I had a night where I like went down to Halyards and like places like that yeah. just to see some different people because yeah. like the the it's not even different scenes it's just like literally different groups yeah uh, you know it's yeah you can't even really call it a scene yeah because it's just so many and I tell people when I like go on the road or I'm in other cities that like in New York and Brooklyn alone each neighborhood is a city scene in and of itself. Absolutely. So like yeah. whatever's going on in like Kansas city or whatever, that would just be, you know, park slope. Yeah. 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 And then, so it's just like on a numbers game too, which was really appealing to me when I moved out here because I didn't want to deal with like scene drama Oh, I know. It's or like, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I wasn't cut out to be in Denver long-term, I think anyways, sure. but sure. you know, the whole, power dynamic sort of situation is that's not why i got into comedy in the first place yeah, like yeah yeah I, this was the closest thing that seemed like a meritocracy right that would allow me to you know drink on a tuesday night right <laughs> <laughs> and like dictate what i wanted to do and obviously totally. you know two of those three 
two three things are correct. You know, 100%. it's not really a meritocracy. <laughs> it just kind of seemed like that no, on the no. outside, but yeah. I still can drink on a Tuesday night. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it is whenever you like whenever you do it in another city first. It's mm-hmm. like it is. It's like apples and oranges. You know, it's like you 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 hit a certain ceiling with that. You yeah. know, that's uh, why. I mean, I so I was glad I didn't start here too. Yeah, I mean, because I. It's the same way, like, well, I was glad I didn't start until after I was out of college. Like, mm. I needed some sort of rearing in certain ways, and I needed to have some life experiences. For sure. Because, but there was a moment when I was younger where I was like, oh, I wish I just would have started at 18 and moved to New York. And yeah, then I, I would have made and everything would have been, like, figured out for yeah. me and settled. And it's like, now that I'm 37, I'm like, oh, no, that, that definitely wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, happened. I know, I know. And even if it did, it wouldn't have worked out like that, you know? Yeah. Like, if I was, like some pete davidson prodigy or whatever <laughs> which was not going to be the case yeah well he doesn't seem like he's has a very i know like yeah it, it, enjoyable life you know i mean maybe he likes it but i mean he clearly talks about his struggles and how you know the fame or the success or the money didn't solve anything totally. so you totally. know and it's like 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 people like if you get famous at like 18 or whatever it's like then you've got to spend your whole life Around people twice your age. Well, there's that's that. the weird part too, right? Yeah, and it's like then you just have to worry about like keeping it going. Yeah, you know, and it's like I would so much rather be like on the steady, like the rise, you know, yeah. like then then have this like spike and then yeah. like be like fighting against the the fall. Yeah. You know, you know what it is? We're too working class, man. That's exactly right. We're just yeah. we're just jobbers, <laughs> as they say in pro wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> just getting the check, happy to be there. Yeah. Just want to have a, some close friends and really just enjoy the life. You just, know? You just have, just be left alone to do my thing. That truly oh, is all I preach. want. It's all I want to do. Preach. I don't oh man, are, you should start teaching comedy classes. I'd be in that cult. Like I said that all. Man, lo- I would love to teach a comedy class. I said that no one so much when I was younger. Me. When I was younger, I was like, they're like, "What do you want to do?" I go, "I don't know. Whatever I want to do." Did, I that, just want to be free. Just, it just. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. I used to, for a long time, for a long time, I was like, my great ambition is to be alone in a room in a comfortable chair. Whoa! <laughs> it's like, do you? How hard is Don it to Draper have over that? here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that get is this like man the hardest Eames. thing <laughs> to get in, in New York, especially where it's just like I'm just in a room. No one's about to come in this room. Yeah, I've got this nice chair in yeah. this room. I can do by I can be left alone here. It's well, impossible. It's so hard to get. I mean, I have. I mean, we don't have a roommate. We have a second bedroom hey, that I created uh, that as a quote good. unquote office that is called the cool room, <laughs> which has hundreds of VHS tapes, a couple hundred records, a Nintendo sixty four, oh, yeah. two turntables, and a microphone oh, and a God. futon. Obviously, Kevin, you got to come back every so often on the show. I do this thing called the physical media spectacular. Whoa, where uh, I have like people come on and we just talk about like three objects that we oh, have. That's like, buddy, uh, this is the thing. I got a shoebox recorder. I got WWE <laughs> uh, dolls. I got. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got all. I got Pee Wee Herman artwork. I oh, got all perfect. sorts of stuff. For well, you it. know, we sh- we've got we've got like a good like ten or so minutes left. Well, we got fastest do, fifty minutes of my life. Seriously. Well, we got to do. We got to talk a little bit about the Mahoning Drive-In. Because, oh yeah. Uh, you're the, I think we're you're both the first big guest, drive-in heads. Big big fans of this place. Yes. It's in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. They should sponsor this show. They really should. They really should. Because I think there is a fair amount of. Well, like Bushwick comedy people that are into it, but Definitely. I think there's a bunch I of mean, New York. Our, our pal Nick, Nick Nanny, Nanny is the one who told me about it. Oh, really? Yeah, 
So him and I uh, both, there was a documentary about this drive-in that's up on Amazon. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a second doc now, but uh, I watched that before the pandemic and I was like, whoa, this place is like the, it's like something out of my fantasy. I know. I know. That it, like, it's an old drive-in with 35 millimeter projector still mm -hmm. and they just went straight to old school programming and you can sleep there overnight. So I love sleeping out of the back of my station wagon. Yeah. Well, uh, Two years ago, I went six times in one summer. It's awesome. I was going like every six weeks, and I would go by myself sometimes. Yeah. I have friends that I see every year now on Labor Day that I made there. Shout That's out to awesome. shout out to Kev and Steve <laughs> and Brendan. Uh, yeah, and and it's it's just a magical place. And then me and Nick it's both so saw that cool. documentary. Yeah, and we were talking about it. It was like, oh, we gotta go. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, one year. Uh, me and him and the wives and Casey James Salango and Courtney McGinnis all went out there and the got a cabin. And then that was my first time going. And it was fun staying at the cabin and stuff. But I was like, I'm always sleeping here from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the that's the ultimate experience because they'll keep playing stuff until about five in the morning. And I've seen some of the most incredible, weird in beautiful images yeah while my like everyone else is asleep and i'm like half awake yeah. <laughs> and i'm like whoa what's going on? like i some of them i'm not even sure if i dreamed it or if it was real yeah. <laughs> and then i gotta look it up the next day i'm lo i love that place i went it's to my coolest. east my east coast bachelor party i went out there with uh nick and casey oh that's awesome and um another friend uh, i'm sure we, you might know steve o'brien um X, you know what xmas futures steven specter I, I know who it is we have never met you would love him. Yeah. And then he stopped. He stopped for the second day because he was driving up to New Hampshire and it was on the way. He's like perfect pit stop. Yeah. And so him and I have gone a couple times together too. awesome. Yeah. It's like it's my favorite place. I've often said, too, if I like go homeless, I might just spend like a summer living on a station wagon, just camping out at the drive because they're open. Definitely good. They're open half the week. Yeah. And it's only like fifteen dollars to it's, stay overnight. No, it's, it's, it's amazing and I love deal. the Poconos. The, and, the Poconos are great. The food there is so is so great. It's yeah. Like, uh, and they uh, have so many VHS tapes for donation that you can get. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty uh, great. I'll I'll just tell you this quick story and then we will start wrapping up in a second. But uh but when we went out there, it's like they have before the movie starts, uh you can like go into the projection room yeah. and like talk to the tech and like all that stuff. And they and have so a radio station. They have there. a radio station. It's great great DJs. It's like it's so fun. We like bought a little portable uh, uh, radio like just for that, and we like yeah. you know got there super early and listened yeah. to it the whole time. I want to be the first through the gates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like an old dad when <laughs> yeah. it comes to that place. I'm like, hey, we gotta be ready to go. All right, we're getting behind the ball here. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and so, so we go in and we're talking to the guy who's like running the projector. And, uh, you know, they've got like all the the reels there, all the like the 35 millimeter prints in these and those like big tins. Canisters, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, he's like, and, you know, I've actually uh, he, well, he's telling us about the guy who who owns it, who a lot of the prints come from his like mm -hmm. personal collection. He's got like 3000 movies or something. Yeah. on Because uh, uh, he on, never uh, gave them back. Right. Because right. like these are all from when they originally were released. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to give them back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kept yeah, them, kept them. And no one said anything about it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like this, is, this place is amazing. It's incredible. And they bought the land outright. So now yeah. it's going to be open for like 50 more yeah. years minimum. <laughs> so I'm saying I'm going to like my last breath might be <laughs> at the drive in at like four in the morning. And then they like, hey, that car has been there for a while. I'll go knock on it. And they're just like, I've just been baking in the car for a couple of days. Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, we need to call a corner out here. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> so, you know, he's telling us about that. And, and Hallie very reasonably says, well, where does he where does he store them? You know, because they're huge, yeah. these things. And the guy tells us he's got this, like, facility, whatever, keeps them all preserved. And then he, he says, uh, and, you know, I've, I've actually have a couple uh, uh, myself uh, in my in my apartment. Uh, and we were like, oh, what movies? And he was like, oh, he's just one, like, obscure horror movie. And uh, and Titanic. And we, <laughs> <laughs> why? And we were like, why and, not? And I, I was like, uh, how many uh, how many reels is Titanic? Yeah, film? I mean, it's two VHS. It's two so VHS that's got to be at least what twelve reels? Ten. Ten? Yeah, that's a lot. He said that the corner of his bedroom is just boxes, <laughs> cardboard boxes <laughs> high Titanic. of Titanic on film. Why Titanic? <laughs> That's what we said. And he was just like, I don't know. I just, I had the chance to buy it. And I just said, let's do it. <laughs> that, okay. <laughs> I wish my wife was there during that. She would give me so much slack now yeah. with all these VHS tapes. She's like, you know what, buddy? You don't, you don't spend real money on these things. They don't yeah, take yeah. up as much space. And it's a bunch of movies. And it's not just one oh, movie. Yeah, that's... yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, they, those, are, those are flammable. Oh, it's he a just has them in his house. <laughs> He's like asking for trouble. Yeah. With this thing. <laughs> oh my God, how did he die? Well, he had 10 reels of Titanic <laughs> that spontaneously combusted. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Did he, he love had... Titanic? No. no he, he just, <laughs> he just it. got it. <laughs> oh my God. But it was that thing where it's just like, you know, it's like when you live here, it's like, you know, it's like I love buying like like DVDs and yeah. Blu-rays and shit. It's like I got all kinds of stuff like that. And it's like, you know, it, you, I, I, you, I, I get a lot out of it, but it, you're also kind of like, well, how much space do I want to? You just got to get good at maximizing it. Yeah. It's, but it was me talking to this guy. I was like, oh, there's always another level. You yeah. Know? At least I'm not. Oh, buddy. I went to VHS Fest two years yeah, ago. At, at the drive-in. Yes. Yeah. And it was incredible. But man, what some of these guys, and they were telling me straight up, he's like, I have to sell all these or just throw them out because my wife won't let me bring them back yeah. to the house. It's <laughs> like, because they're like arrows. Apparently they had these like huge, they're not clamshells. It's just different. It looks like a yeah. book where the tape slides into the top. Takes oh, up yeah, yeah, so yeah. much space. Yeah. I got one of them just for display. Yeah. This guy had a bunch. And he's like, people love them, but I can't have them in the house anymore. And he's yeah. like, I get that, man. Well, let me ask Wife's breathing down my neck right now. <laughs> Tape started coming out of the cool room and out of their living room. She's like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're supposed to stay back there. <laughs> I have like one book, like one, like the top bookshelf that's like the double the size. Good of the for one you. It's just kind of like stuffed. Like stuff's falling off of it now, yeah. you know. But but let me ask you this, because this is the this is the thing I'm I'm considering now, because a friend of mine has started doing these. Do you have any laser discs? I did. I sold them before I moved okay. here. I had okay. laser discs and a laser disc player. Yeah. because uh, I got them a garage sale for nothing. And guess what laser discs I had? Star Wars. Well, this is the one to get because it's isn't it the, the only way to watch the The original cuts. Yeah. 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 Well the you could order the VHS, which I have as right. well. Right. But the people prefer they, they want the laser disc because it doesn't degradate in yeah. the same way that uh, the tapes do. Yeah. And, but yeah, I sold, I had all three of those and sold each one for like 40 bucks. I bet. Yeah. And then, and then I had a bunch of other laser discs and then I just liquidated those on the yeah. laser disc player for like nothing. Yeah. Speaking of which, I saw on Stooping NYC on Instagram the oh, other yeah. day, a bunch of laser discs were thrown out. Hey. So if there's any laser nice. disc heads out there, <laughs> yeah. give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars stuff. 
is so I, I we, look we got to go really soon but i will just say i had the moment recently it was like the one of the only things in my hometown that i like do regularly when i go back because they have like a big antique emporium there's like Ooh. a bunch of different sellers you know it's like one of the only businesses that sustains downtown i mean know? that's junk that's that's yeah. i mean that's small town america yeah it's it's just it's a it's an easy business down east dicker and stuff. yeah exactly yeah I had the thing of like, oh, I I bought this Star Wars toy that they're selling like at Walmart for sure, yeah. like guaranteed. And I was like, well, time has passed, and yes. with that, we gotta go. Time has <laughs> passed. Oh, you're so good at this. I'm a genius. Segway, <laughs> yeah. Kevin. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you. It was such a blast to talk to you. I was really looking forward to this. And uh, I mean, what should people do now? Should they follow, follow you? Follow uh, me on Instagram. Yeah. At yeah. Corndog O'Brien. Uh, that's where I DJ regularly regularly around New York. And I also uh, have a couple comedy shows. Uh, Fun Time at Fine Time every Monday at Fine Time in Bushwick. Mm -hmm. Also, Wacky Shack NYC. We are currently on hiatus because uh, we're an outdoor show. Yeah. Uh, we're at Harlequin Vintage every Wednesday during the summer. Also, shout out to Harlequin Vintage. I yeah. don't work there, but they've been super great to <laughs> us. Great, uh, great spot. And we've been talking about a lot of junk today, and they have really nice stuff. They yeah, got VHS yeah. tapes, records, nice couches. Yeah. So there you go. Free plug for my friends. All right. Well, perfect note to go out on here. Thanks again for coming. This Thanks, such, a, such a blast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Clear the Dance Floor. I've been your host, Colby Smith. Stick around on Radio Free Brooklyn. Legendary Air is starting in mere moments. Uh, in the meantime, as a little tribute to our our, our pal Tom Sharpling, here's oh. Blockbuster by The Sweet to go out on. See you next week. Get off my phone! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do all the quotes. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bye.